Here we are in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, and we take just a moment today to reflect back on the eight messages that we partook in together through chapter 8. And just as Brother Charlie was reading right there, I was sitting there thinking, you know, as, as Titus would have been sitting there with the church at Corinth and, and reading this letter, what must they be thinking as he's reading these things and challenging them in, in generosity. And today, as we read through chapter 8, before we get to chapter 9, we're just going to kind of take a little halftime uh, break, although the second chapter, or chapter 9, is only going to be two messages compared to 8 that we had in chapter 8. But, you know, so in, in middle school, high school, college, you have a report to do, and you don't want to read the whole book. We've been there before, um, and then they have what you call the cliff notes, which you could get at your local bookstore. Um, you thumb through the cliff notes, you get all the important things you need, and, and then you write that paper. Well, today, if you've missed any part of the last eight weeks of our message, I'm going to give you the cliff notes, okay? So you can get all the notes at one time, and, and uh, I'm not going to re-preach all eight of those. That would, you know, take, let's see, only preach, what, 25 minutes each time? No, 45, so... Uh, it would take a few hours, but we are going to, uh, I'm going to give you a summary. And so if you could say, hey, after the last eight weeks through chapter eight, what did you preach? Here, here are the highlights. And uh, if you're taking notes today, you may just want to copy down the titles that will flash up on the screen and just listen in between. But I'm going to, I'm going to read this, and then when I'm finished, we are going to look at application and, and generosity in our local church when it comes to servanthood and the importance of us serving, all of us, as the church and what that looks like for Perimeter Road. And, and we'll get there in just a moment. So if you will listen as I read. And this is where we began in chapter 8. Generosity begins with God. Paul informs the Corinthians of the grace given by the Macedonians, who gave not out of their great monetary riches, but from a rock-bottom state of poverty. Although they were economically poor, they were eternally rich as God's love filled their hearts and His grace transformed their priorities to be a people flowing with a wealth of generosity towards the church at Jerusalem. No follower of Christ is exempt from showing this type of generosity that overflows from an abundance of joy found in Christ. Our experiences in poverty, like the Macedonians, allow us to empathize with those who are at the rock bottom, whether financially or more important, spiritually. The emphasis on our giving is on generosity Freely given, not on a generosity that demands a return of entitled riches. Generosity is a privilege. Are you freely showing generosity? God's grace positions us in a place where we find ourselves earnestly begging for the privilege to give. Like the Macedonians, we become beggars for the opportunities to serve, to be molded together 
as the church and bring relief to the needy. A generous heart grows from a rich fellowship with God and is capable of providing unexpected gifts. Church, excel in generosity. We have everything we need in Christ. As we were reminded in Ephesians chapter 1, we didn't just bump into Christ by some happenstance. God had a plan from the beginning, and it's for us to be holy and blameless. Our adoption as sons and daughters is a gift given, not a gift earned. This to the praise of his glorious grace. We, the church, are blessed in the beloved and have been transformed from the dominion of sin to the freedom of righteousness from which comes a genuine generosity. Genuine generosity cannot be forced. Jesus became rock bottom poor for us by becoming one of us, not counting equality with God as something to be grasped. What will you do with the wealth God has generously placed in you? Will you give a full offering of your life to God? Remember, Jesus did not tithe his blood He gave it all on the cross. So, how do we excel in generosity? Don't just do the work. Fall in love with the work. Start strong and finish strong. Let your godly desires be carried out unto completion. And let your readiness to give be based on what you have, not on what you are lacking. Generosity is not meant to crush us, but to set us free. Our generosity provides for the needs of others and encourages equality among the church. Not equality that leads to laziness and self-entitlement, but equality that promotes true love and kinship as brothers and sisters in Christ. If we do not have love for one another, then generosity will cease to exist in the church. Let your generosity be honorable before God and one another. We must share a mutual deposit of earnest care for one another. To end, our offering bears proof of our love for God and one another. So may we often examine our hearts to ensure that the love of Christ is the motivation behind our generosity. That we may be a redeemed people that are filled with the readiness to give for the glory of God. That's been our last eight weeks in the generosity series. That's a lot of information, but if you follow that stream, that flow of thought, as Paul wrote to the Corinthians, we'll understand that as the church, we ought to crave generosity, to want to give, to want to share, to want to serve. We were very clear when we started this series that when we talk about generosity, we're not just talking about money. 
We're not just talking about when the offering plate comes by and giving, although that is included and although within the context, that's what is being emphasized for the Corinthians to give to the church at Jerusalem, just as the Macedonians had given to the church at Jerusalem. And so what we'll see in the next two weeks is that it was actually the Corinthians that started this act of giving, that spurred the Macedonians on to give. And the Macedonians kind of went ahead of them, and they gave, and now we're waiting on the Corinthians to come through on their excitement from the beginning. So it's not enough just for us to be excited or to get excited, and that's not the purpose of today, to to get excited about serving and and having excitement for just a, a little while, but no, to have a genuine desire to serve and to show generosity. And so today we're going to look at servanthood and the application here at Perimeter Road Baptist Church. And so we kind of continue with what we did last week during homecoming. We're looking at vision casting for Perimeter Road as we move into 2015. Every one of you should have within your bulletin a card. And on the front it says, Purify the Church, Penetrate the Culture. If you have that card, will you pull it out right now? You just kind of wave it at me, let me know that you got it. And you haven't made it into a paper airplane yet. Okay. All right, we're good. Now, you see this, purify the church, penetrate the culture. This is our mission statement. Everything that we do as a local church centers on these things, on Christ. And so when we want to penetrate the culture, as we talked about last week, we take a one-mile radius around this local church, and we're going into this next year as the 29th year of this local church. As we move into this year, we're acting as if it's year one. We're saying, hey, let's just get back to year one. The same excitement when those who came from First Baptist Church came over here to Perimeter Road and they said, okay, I'm going to serve as a Sunday school director. Okay, I'm going to be over outreach. Everyone who came from First Baptist to come plant Perimeter Road had a purpose and had a position, a role of service. And so now, 28 years later, the challenge is let's still have that same heart. Today I walked around the the church building and as cars were driving down Perimeter Road, I just remembered what I'd seen in that DVD that we looked at last week, the the story of when Mr. Harry Welch would look out and see the the lights coming down Perimeter Road and he was so excited hoping that they would turn into Perimeter Road. And and as I was walking past the, the building, I was watching people just drive by and I'm thinking, oh, come on, come on in, come on in this parking lot. May we have that excitement to worship together, church to reach this culture, to penetrate this culture, not to be like our culture, but to bring a cure to the culture, which is Jesus Christ. So we're we're about penetrating the culture, but purifying the church. When when people come here and they look at this church, when they come and and they observe, because the church people gather together, they see something different when they come here to Perimeter Road, which we hope that they would see in other local churches as well people that love Jesus and love one another and will serve. And so you'll notice on the back, there are several servant ministries that are listed. A few of them, baptism, food bank, greeters, helping hands, prayer, missions, men's ministry, Lord's Supper, hospital visitation, section hosts, security, widows, and women's ministry. What you don't see on here are children's ministry, student ministries, college ministry, music ministries. All those are important. And we have people who are plugged into those. And if you would like to plug into one of those, come see me or connect with uh, Lee, our connections coordinator in the front office, and we'll set up a meeting. But the reason we put these on the back and we call these servanthood ministries is because the expectation is that every 
member at Perimeter Road Baptist Church will be involved in at least one of these areas. Now, just a disclaimer up front, the last thing we want to do is overburden you with responsibilities. But we've been there with the whole 20% of the people do 80% of the work thing. And so we would like to see that 80% of this local church would be active. And you say, that's rare. And, and, and you're right. You're absolutely right. I wouldn't argue with you. That's rare, but it doesn't have to be. Amen? I'll ask it again. It doesn't have to be. Amen? Okay, here we go. Now, you look at these on the back here, and you'll see these different ministries. What I'm going to do, I'm going to walk you through what the structure looks like. And I believe it's important to take time this morning to look at the structure of how all of these ministries will function under leadership at Perimeter Road. And so if you'll, as you have your card in hand, turn your attention up to, uh, what do we call those, screens? There we go. Look to the screen. We have our deacons. Can we put our deacon? There's our deacon. I am a deacon. Okay, there's our deacon. Perimeter Road, we have deacons that serve, and they serve well. Um, in fact, you, the local body, uh, every year, make suggestions, you pray, and then you write down names of men that you see in their lives or testimonies, which exemplify Christ. You say, yes, I'll write them down, and, and then we go through the process of interviewing, and then we select men to serve as deacons in our local body. As we see in Scripture in First Timothy chapter 3, as the qualifications are laid out, all deacons are expected to meet those qualifications. And deacons are servants. I mean, to put it simply, uh, it's not a simple role, but they're servants. They're not elders in the local church. Um, They're not making all the decisions in the local church. Um, I'm thankful to have a supporting group of deacons that are ready to serve. And currently, if you'll see our model, if we go to the next slide, you can see that a deacon oversees a community group, a group of people, okay, that meet together. If you're new to Perimeter Road Community Group, Sunday school, if you like the term Sunday school, go right ahead, okay? And so a community group uh, gathers together to study God's word, and then a deacon oversees this community group. So if there's sickness in the group, if there's a death uh, within uh, the group of family members and friends, uh, there's struggles going on, or there's celebrations that take place, birthdays and anniversaries, deacons oversee the community groups. And for the most part, do a good job. And so every member of Perimeter Road is connected to a community group. So if we have some who teach at the 9 o'clock hour, um, although they're teaching children, they're still connected to an adult group so that they can have that connection, they can have that fellowship with other members of the local church. Now, as I said last week, the importance of being a member here at Perimeter Road and being a part of a community group, if you're not a part of a community group, you're going to kind of feel lost here. You're going to feel like you're always on the outside looking in, and that's not a desire that we have for you. We would hope that you would feel a part of the church body. And that happens when you're involved in a community group. You study the word together, you live life together, you encourage one another, and deacons come alongside and they help minister to these groups. Um, Last month, I talked with the deacons, and and through much prayer and, and planning, I presented a new idea to our deacons. Because when you look in Acts chapter 6, and men were called by the church to go and minister to the current needs that were being overlooked um, by the apostles, they were called to specific tasks. And so I firmly believe that 
you use deacons as servants for the needs that you have in the local church. And those can vary. And for the most part, deacons have served in one way or another over our families. We want to still see that, but in a different way. And our method here is that we would get more of the church connected together, looking after one another, caring for one another, having a genuine love for one another. I have seen this carried out more in my community group that we started on Sunday evenings. I say my community group, I'm I'm a part of it, and and there's about 30 others that are a part of this community group with parents and children alike and, and individuals. And we're seeing a a great growth there, as some of our other groups are as well. But there's a neat dynamic that can happen within that group of care and trust and looking after each other to celebrate victories and to mourn losses. And got to thinking, how can our deacons be structured in other ways that we can see effective ministries? And so we began this process. So here, as we move into 2015... Here's what it will look like for our community groups. Instead of having a deacon oversee each community group, within the community groups, go to that next slide there, we will have the community group and a care leader. This care leader is a part of the community group already. We have some who are already doing this at the moment, where within their community group, someone is called upon uh, as the care leader. They send out emails with updates. They also let everybody know when somebody's in the hospital Uh, Somebody has something big going on in their life. Because when we got to talking about it, one thing we figured is this, that there's more trust and more familiarity with somebody who's already in your group every week that you can give that information to, to pass along to the staff and to the pastors. And so as we move to 2015, every community group will have a care leader. And so anything going on that you need to share with the group, you share with that care group leader, they can email and get that information to us. And here's the process of how that will happen, okay? Just walking you through a structure right now, church. So in the next slide, we see that there's the care group leader, and then they communicate this information to pastoral care, who is Brother Charlie, who just came up here and read the scriptures a minute ago. And then also our connections coordinator, who was Lee. He was standing right here in the middle, looking all joyful when he sings. I love when he sings in the choir, okay? He's here this morning. So these two men are responsible for taking the information from the care group leader, and then they distribute that information to the pastors and to other people who need to be informed of what's going on. This is a good, solid model. What we're wanting to have is clear communication, a good structure of follow-up, And here's why I'm being so precise on all of this. Because if you're here at Perimeter Road, we want to look after you. We want to know what's going on in your life. This is a home for the church to gather together, to share with one another. You're going to have challenges that you face. You're going to have some struggles in your life. You're going to have some victories in your life. And we want to be here for you. Like, we care about those things. Now, I'm one person, and you look around the room, you see, if I could effectively minister to each one of you, it would take a few years to go that in-depth. But when we break this down and the church looks after one another, then all of a sudden we have a healthy model of caring for one another as a church. And so this is how we get information. You, in a community group, you get it to your care leader, and then they pass it on to pastoral care and the connections coordinator. So let's look at that next slide. So you may be wondering, where is my deacon? Where did the deacon go, right? 
because we're used to having a deacon, used to calling on that deacon. He's my deacon. He's my deacon. That is a very important role in the local church, very important. Do not hear this wrong when I say this, because I'm not saying this arrogantly. I'm not saying it boastfully as if I have figured out the right structure. There are several structures that you can have in the local church that can be healthy. But sometimes I think we can look at a deacon as holding a more important role in our lives than they should. That's not in all cases. In fact, I find that more rare here from what I've seen. But sometimes we call upon that deacon too quickly when we should look to Christ many times. So I want our deacons to continue to be servants, and they will be servants. So let's bring our deacon back up. Where's our deacon? There he is. Okay, you missed him. Now, here's what we will see as we move forward going into 2015. As we looked at generosity and have been looking at generosity, and today we're stressing the servanthood of every member here at Perimeter Road. Let me just ask this. I'm just curious in the room. If you are a member here at Perimeter Road Baptist Church, meaning you have come before the church, you have testified that you're a follower of Christ, you have been baptized, you're a member here at Perimeter Road Baptist Church, will you just raise your hand for a moment? Just raise it up, okay? All across the room, we have members here at Perimeter Road, okay? Now, for every one of you that just raised your hand, I'm talking to you, okay? And I'm talking to me, because I'm a member here. I think that's very important for the pastor to also be a member at the church he preaches at, okay? And so, I'm talking to myself, and I'm talking to you guys. We have a role to fill. Every one of you that just raised your hand, you have a purpose here. And just like in the beginning, when this local church was planted, just as Paul was writing to the Corinthians, we all serve. We all have a purpose. And so nobody from First Baptist came over to Perimeter Road in the very beginning when they were meeting at WG9 and said, okay, I'm going to sign up for the guy who's going to sit kind of in the middle, and and I'm just going to be there. My presence will be there. That's it. Like, that's the guy I'm signing up. Where, Where do I sign up? They didn't have that position. And you know what? We shouldn't have that position. There should always be somewhere where you can serve, where you can be a part But just to come and simply exist and say, hey, I came to church, that's not the goal. That's not the win, church. The win is to be a part and to be active. And I had someone on Friday night. We were at a ball game Friday night. Somebody asked me, they said, Brian, do you think with the model that you're uh, having place and with the membership class, as you have to go through the membership class in order to join Perimeter Road, do you think that makes it a bit more challenging for people to join Perimeter? I said, absolutely it does. Absolutely. And it should be. It should be because when you are a follower of Christ and you proclaim that you have been redeemed by Jesus, by the blood of Jesus, we're not here on this earth to simply exist. No, we are to move forward to glorify the name of the Father every day. And that happens when you plug into a local church, we encourage one another, and we act as one body under the head of Jesus Christ. So it should be a challenge. There should be expectation placed on all of us. And so here's where we go. If we'll pull up the next slide, you'll see all of these different titles on your card. And if you'll put your attention back on the card for a moment, you'll see that there are many ministries listed here. And you may have some ministries that you think, why didn't why they put it on the card? This is where we're starting. And we love feedback. You, when you have some feedback, you can send it to us. And and we'd love to hear that, but this is a a start that we feel like every member here at Perimeter Road can be involved in one of these areas of ministry. And so when we ask the question, where is my deacon, 
deacons will now be servants over each one of these ministries. And so when we roll out these ministries, and some of them are already rolling, but when we roll out some of these other ministries in 2015, you will be a part of one of these groups, and your leader over that group will be one of the deacons in our local body. And I will meet with those deacons once a month in in, in groups, smaller groups, groups of three or four. I'll gather three or four deacons together, um, and I'll meet with them, and I will talk with them, and I'll say, tell me, how are things going with our baptisms? How are we looking after the ones who are being baptized? And you may say, well, well, that doesn't take much, really, to be on the baptism team, right? You make sure they have a robe and they get baptized, and hey, here's the changing room. I mean, do we really need a deacon for that? But when you consider that everyone who is baptized, and after they're baptized, we celebrate and we clap and we're excited for them, what happens next? What happens next? A deacon is responsible for making sure that when that person is baptized, when that child is baptized or that adult is baptized, that they are followed up with, that they are sent letters of encouragement, that they are given discipleship material. That is so important that we don't just baptize and celebrate and then just leave them in the crib of being an immature follower of Christ. No, they have to grow in Christ. A deacon is responsible for overseeing this ministry. They meet back with me. We talk of effective ways to make sure that our born-again believers within that year are followed up with and are growing to a maturity in Christ. That's just one area. Now, you as the local church, you say, I would be excited to work with the baptism team. Now, there's about six to eight that can work on the baptism team. Um, We don't necessarily need 30 or 40 people on that team at this point. You may sign up for baptism. Make that one of your suggestions if you're interested in that, that you want to serve those who are being baptized and then follow it up with. And the deacon will have his team and he will be encouraged and challenged and held accountable to make sure that that team is serving effectively to minister to the ones being baptized and to make sure that they're given the right information and pointing in the right direction for growth. So this is just one area. But the next one, our food bank. Our food bank took place yesterday, and it's a great ministry. It's been going on for a while. You know that there was one individual, one man, that for years he met. He came here every Tuesday afternoon, and he was open every Tuesday to the public, those who needed food. He would go get the food. He would bring it here. He would sit down with the people. He would share the gospel with them. And then they would come through. There'd be about 20 people that would come every Tuesday, 20 different people, because they could only come once a month. And he did all this work by himself. And then when it was time for him to move on, we said, what are we going to do? How how are we going to effectively minister? Because he was so great at what he did. We said, we need to bring the church together. And we eventually moved our food banks to once a month on the third Saturday. And, you know, there are times when we have good volunteers and other times when the volunteer level is low. In the next two months, by the way, November, December, we could have big crowds of people coming in needing food. And church, you're needed to come on a Saturday morning to serve. And so I ask you just to circle that, that date on the calendar when you see the food bank that you would come join us. But we want to create a permanent team and a deacon that will oversee this for a year and take that team and they will effectively serve on Saturday mornings and get other people the information they need in order to come and serve. It'd be a great model. This is a great, great ministry that is housed here at Perimeter Road. We're, we're ministering, we're penetrating the culture when people come and they receive food, but everybody who comes to receive food 
here's the message of Jesus, because that's their greatest need, is Jesus. And so we've seen some great fruit from this ministry. We're going to continue forward with this ministry. You may sign up for Food Bank. Greeters, section hosts, these are people that greet on Sunday mornings and and look after people on Sunday mornings to make sure that they're well taken care of. When you walk into this building that you feel like you're a part, whether it's your first time or you've been here for years, you may sign up for, for one of these areas, a men's or a women's ministry. And we already have some leaders in this area. And you may look at this and go, wait, I'm, I'm the leader of that. I understand you're still going to take the lead. Deacons are just to oversee these areas to make sure they're run effectively and that you remain encouraged. Deacons are going to encourage our leaders over some of these ministries. We have our missions which is responsible for local missions and, and foreign missions. You may be one, on, a, on a team that, that helps to plan and to envision how do we reach the one-mile radius, the two-mile radius, the three-mile radius around us, the five-minute drive around us. How do we effectively minister to this community and come alongside us as a staff with suggestions and helping? Two that I want to point out here are hospital visitation and widows. We will have a deacon that's over uh, a a team that that signs up for hospital visitation. And you would be responsible if you signed up on this team when someone is in the hospital. Right now, we have a few that are in the hospital. Um, You would be on that team, and and you could get an email or a call to say, hey, we have a member in the hospital. We'd love for you uh, to come and, and visit them or pray for them. And that deacon would be over this ministry. He's not doing the work all by himself. The pastors are included with him. But also, we have a group of church members who are passionate, or should I say compassionate, about those who are ill, who are going into the hospital and and need to be encouraged. Church members, come alongside and let's go visit those. Let's write cards. Let's send flowers. Whatever God may impress upon your heart. We have a lady in our church. Right now, she's in Miami. And many of you may know when I say she's in Miami, her name is Ms. Doris Magarlo. So I can talk about her because she's not here. So, um... She's in Miami ministering right now. She's an amazing woman. Do you know that when she's here in town, and she'll be back in a couple weeks, that every Wednesday night she sits in the front office at that desk. She didn't ask if she could do it. She just did it, and I love it. You know, she sits there, and she grabs cards, and she writes to the members of this local church. Nobody's saying, hey, Miss Doris, will you, will you write cards to people? Will you encourage them? No, she says, Christ has so transformed my life. I want to encourage people. And this woman, this lady, has been through some tough times. And yet here she is encouraging others. You say, you may be sitting here saying, you don't know what I'm going through. And you know what? You may be absolutely right, but Jesus does. And Jesus has empowered you through the power of the Holy Spirit, if you're a follower of Christ, that you can triumph through your difficulties and that you can still encourage other people, that you can still press on church. That's what Ms. Doris does. She writes cards. Anybody ever gotten a card from Ms. Doris Magarlo? All across the room. She writes in cursive. That's what I love. Nobody writes in cursive anymore, okay? It's wonderful. She writes such sweet words of encouragement. Maybe that's you. Maybe that's how you'll serve on the hospital visitation, that when somebody's in the hospital, they receive a card from you. It says, hey, I pray for you today. You know, I've never been in that hospital bed before. I can imagine, you know, it gets uncomfortable through the night, but just know that I'm praying for you. We love you. You know, maybe you'll sign up to, to serve with Widows Ministry at Perimeter Road. And we have some precious, precious widows at Perimeter Road. Beautiful ladies. Amazing, godly ladies that are so filled with wisdom 
that you think you're signing up to help them, to minister to them, you will be ministered to. And that we've had some, I know some, some college girls before who said we would love to, to serve some of our ladies in the church. And this is an opportunity, it's a great opportunity. So a deacon will oversee the, the ministry of ministering to widows in our church and showing them that care, showing them that love. This is just one of the, the, the teams that we will have, but a very important team. And that you would pray with them, that you would visit them, that you would spend time with them. Oh, what a blessing you would receive. What a blessing you would receive. And so I hope that you're getting a glimpse today, church, that if you're a member here, in love, these aren't suggestions. These aren't suggestions. These are expectations that we minister to one another. If you're waiting to that point where you say, if I can just reach this point of spirituality, then I'll be ready to be generous, you'll never get there, if that's what you're thinking. Look to the cross and what you have in Christ, and may that be all you need in order to show generosity. Amen? Just think about that. And so... You'll notice in your bulletin, uh, on the backside of the connection card, there are three areas in which you can place one, two, and three of areas you'd like to serve in. Maybe today, already, you say, hey, these are three areas I'd like to fill out. Maybe you say, I can think of one, I can think of two. I'm just going to ask that you do something. As you write these down, that you would trust in, in, in leadership and the formation of these teams, and as we talk with you and work through this, and this goes through connection coordinator and through the staff and, and us working together, we want all members in Perimeter Road to be active in one area or another. But may we do so with a heart that's generous to say, God, whatever your will is, how, however you would lead this process, I'm just grateful to be able to serve somewhere. And so you can write down today, if you like, um, three areas of ministry that you're interested in serving with, and we'll go ahead and go through that process. If today you're here and you're not a, per, a member of Perimeter Road and you're thinking, hey, I, I, I like this. Now, this, this is how a local church should function. I, I agree with this. Then we have our membership class on Wednesday nights that starts at 6.30. We'd love for you to come and join us and let us explain to you more of the doctrine of which we stand on and our church structure and then the expectations we have upon our membership. And we'd love to meet with you. We'd, we'd love to have big groups in those membership classes. And you know what? Just because you come to the membership class doesn't mean you're obligated to, to join Perimeter Road. We're not going to say, okay, three weeks. No, you have to join. No, you came. You came. No, you just you let the Holy Spirit lead you in that. And if you like what you hear and you say Perimeter Road's where we want to be, then amen. Come on. But if you, if you go through that and you say, you know what? It's just not quite what we're looking for. You know, we say, you know what we'll do? We'll say, hey, let us help you find another local church then. Because we want you to be somewhere where you will actively serve and be ministered to. It's both and. It doesn't have to be one or the other. So here's what I hope you have heard today, church. That all of you have a purpose in Christ. That it's not over for anybody here. Whatever, whatever your situation is, whatever you're going through, if you find yourself in a feeling like you're disqualified right now, whatever's going on in your life, then let this be an examination in your heart to repent and get back in line with Christ. That there may be overflowing joy in your life instead of the heavy burden of which sinful activity brings. We're here to minister to you, to listen to you, 
to guide you through Scripture. And in just a moment, as we come to our time of response, I'm going to be standing in the back along with our staff, and we'd love to meet with you. We'd love to talk with you. If you're here today and you're not a follower of Jesus, and you've heard generosity, 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 and the cross and the blood, and and you want to connect all of those dots together, come talk to us. We, We make ourselves available. We'd love to share with you about following Jesus. Talked with a gentleman this week who wanted to get his life together, and he realized that the way to get his life together is through Jesus, and we were able to talk and as he called upon Christ as Lord and Savior. It's a beautiful, beautiful day. So if you're here today and, and you do not have a relationship with Jesus, man, we would love to talk with you about Jesus. I mean, know that nothing else is more important than that. Because one day, when we talk about structure and how everything goes, when we pass from this earth and we go and stand before a holy God, we must give an account for our lives. And do you know that if you think that you can compare your good works compared to your bad works, that God's going to be impressed with that? It's not going to happen. The only way that you can stand before God and not be judged guilty is to stand before him and be covered in the blood of Jesus, which means that while you were here on earth, you trusted Jesus as Lord and Savior, and you became a follower of Christ. We would love to share with you more about that. So church family, love you dearly. We're going to continue on next week. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, we're going to look at two awesome passages there as we close out our generosity series. I encourage you, in just a few moments after our time of response and all from plates come by, that you would be generous in giving. But as we have focused today, may you be generous in serving. If you have any questions, feel free. You can contact us. We can walk with you through it. But I think it's pretty clear when we look within Scripture and we look at the church, There's an involvement that everybody has because of the power of Christ in our lives. We have a great story to tell, a great story to live out for God's glory. May we be generous servants. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for this time, and and Lord, thank you that we can remember your word. God, as we have gone back to looking over the last eight weeks of the generosity series today, we've read your word. Lord, we sing praises to you. And God, just this challenge this morning that we would have a good, solid structure of accountability. Lord, everybody involved in this local church would have a place to serve where we know and we confess before you that we are not a perfect place. Lord, we, we fail, we fall short. God, we know that there will be a day when we will be perfect in your sight through Christ, and through the redemption, through a glorified state, resurrection, when Christ returns for the bride. Father, in the meantime, may we strive for holiness. May we live by the Spirit so we will not gratify the desires of our sinful nature. May we love you and may we hate sin. May that be what we strive for each day, loving you more and hating sin more each day. Lord, guide us as a local church. We need you through the power of the Holy Spirit. Lord, I can't convince people. The Holy Spirit can lead us, empower us to serve together. Lord, as we move forward to purify the church, penetrate the culture for your glory, we thank you for the hope we have in Christ, and I ask that you do a powerful work among us. 
Lord, as we continue to worship at this time. In Jesus' name, amen.